0: Today, for a sound sleep tonight, visit lisa.com/slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot
2: com/slash
0: iHeart. This
2: is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com.
3: The calendar has flipped to September as Can you we believe sit it? here recording on September 2nd. I walked outside this morning and took a deep breath, and I could smell the football in the air. Backyard brawl was last night. College football this weekend, a full slate of it from noon to midnight. And then the NFL starts on Thursday of next week. It is here. It has been such a long and treacherous wait. Navigating the summer months of warm weather and baseball. (laughs) But we're here, baby. Football is back. That's right. The college ranks are back. The NFL ranks are soon to follow. It feels good. I always joke around and say that anytime a new sport starts its season, that's my favorite sport. But there is nothing like that calendar flip to September. Little little chill in the air, cool fall weather slash smell, and football on pretty much every single night of the week. It's it's good to be back, man. Congrats. Congrats hey, on making it through, hey, man. Good work, buddy. Woo! Yeah, great work. Good stuff. We made it. We made it. We it, did we, it. I didn't think we were. It was touch and go for a while there. It re- Was it though? This se- this offseason... Yeah, it was a more exciting off season than we've had in a long yeah. time around these parts. That's a good point because, I mean, I'd also every like off season before that has just been minutia. Who's going to fill some random depth piece here? Who cares? We've got Big Ben.
1: I'd also like to point out that This offseason specifically felt better just because this was kind of the first offseason we've had in three years that felt like a normal offseason, right? In 2020, there was zero offseason. There was barely a draft. There was barely a combine. And there was no mini camp, no training camp, no nothing. No preseason games, no nothing. And then last year, we were slowly inching back into all of it. And then this year was really the first year we got everything.
3: And... To kind of expound on what you just said there, it's almost like the sports calendar is completely back in its place. Yes. Where there's nothing happening in the middle of July right. because Except of the Except for the FIFA line. World Cup is happening in November, but that's... That's nothing Every to do years, with disease, right, though. Right. Unfortunately, that has to do yeah. with taking dirty money. But yep. well, it's a whole other can of worms to open up. But course. what I mean is like there's not, you know, the NBA and hockey's not going to go until Into the end September, of September right. or yeah. something weird like that with some break tournament and some break in the middle of the season. It's it's finally back to the sports calendar we know and love. And September really marks the start of, you know, the heaviest part of sports calendar. Well. Probably get a sports equinox coming up here in October. Which oh, you is, love it. You love to see a sports you equinox. You get about one or two per year, but you love them. You love a good old sports equinox. My favorite of all the brands of equinoxes that there are. But the Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals do battle, not this coming Sunday, but in two Sundays, September 11th, Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati. And let's just start by looking, you know, we'll we'll get into the weeds a lot more and pull a lot more fun statistics out of our butts for steelers Bengals when we build up to that game next week. But let's kind of, you know, take a look from uh, 30,000 feet at Cincinnati and what to expect. And here's my take that I'm working on, original, just baseline take for the entire okay. game against Cincinnati. I'm really happy it's the first game of the year. I think you can have such an advantage as the lesser Underdog. team on paper yep. if you have that game at the beginning of the year. You can kind of catch a team – Maybe shaking off a little bit of cobwebs, maybe trying, you know, there's some new things they want to try out on offense that, you know, haven't been really clicking just quite yet. New offensive line really in Cincinnati. Maybe they're not up to speed by the time week one rolls around and the Steelers come to town. So initially my baseline take is thank God you're getting the Bengals week one. I honestly don't think I would prefer – Any opponent maybe than other than the Ravens or the Browns in week one. I love getting a division opponent this year, week one, when you're the Steelers and in the Steelers position. Also on the road. I mean, you can... That I'm less excited about.
1: Well, I'm just saying because, you know, a team probably favors themselves as just the better team, and then they're at home, so they really are feeling good about themselves, saying, oh, well, we know we're the better team, plus we're in our home stadium with our home crowd. We should dominate this game, or we should be able to put away this game easily to start the season 1-0. and Look at Buffalo. Buffalo was a heavy AFC favorite last year, playing at home to start the season against who they considered probably an inferior opponent against the Pittsburgh Steelers week one. We know how that went. So I understand that you're more happy just to get the opponent, the tougher opponent, and not really determine it on venue, but I do think it, it also... Lessons the blow later on in the season that you only have to play the Bengals one more time,
3: and it'll be at Akersher Stadium. And that game is the second game coming out of the bye week. The Steelers get back-to-back home games following their uh, bye. New Orleans first, and then the Cincinnati Bengals come to town for a Sunday night matchup, on uh, national TV. But so you get the Bengals in week one and you hope that maybe some rust is there with Cincinnati's part. I don't know. Rust isn't the right word because it's not like they missed time last year. Maybe some Super that,
1: Bowl hangover like, issues. Well, I
3: think that is a real possibility, not just for this first week, but Cincinnati could suffer a Super Bowl hangover this year and potentially be on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Now, Possible. Now, there could only be one team from the AFC North make the playoffs. It's such a loaded AFC yep. that you can make the case that not – no more than the AFC North champion will sneak their way in. I do believe that two teams will get in from this conference in the end of the day, but I think the Super Bowl hangover potential is real for Cincinnati, especially when you consider how this, young they are. That, but also this wasn't a team that went 13-4 and four last year. This wasn't no. a team that was just from start to finish. They kind of clawed their way into it. No, and they weren't a freight train heading down, you know, the tracks all year long like a buffalo was or something like that. They had that
1: really solid what was
3: it? Week 16 win against the Kansas City Chiefs that no one no one saw coming. They were 7 and 7. Mm-hmm. They had to win their last 3 games. They won, they went 10 and 7. They won the North not just because they were able to win out and go to 10 and 7, but also because Lamar Jackson got hurt and the Ravens went from 8 and 5 to 8 and 8. Steelers did them some favors too by taking a win away from the Ravens, and a win away against the Cleveland Browns. Yes, they did, which you hate to say that because you helped out a rival there, but Cincinnati took care of business in their own right. 10-7 and gets them into the playoffs, but they certainly were potentially a case of the team getting hot at the right time, and that's fine, and sometimes that can be a sign of great things to come and a young team that's finally put it together, but it can also be a sign of... Team that has a lot of talent but is too young and is still a couple years away. Got crazy hot because, again, they have all-world talent and potential Hall of Fame-level talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So they get crazy hot, get in the playoffs, go on this unbelievable run in the playoffs, and get to the Super Bowl. Now you look at 2022, and you're probably thinking, if this was according to schedule, this would have been the year that they surprise people, make a surprise push, maybe get a wild card. Uh, if not, maybe go nine and eight, and then you move forward again into next year, and you're ready to contend. So there's no question in my mind that they were way ahead of schedule last year with that crazy finish. I wonder if regression to the mean is p- possibly coming, and maybe mm-hmm. they do go like nine and eight this year or something like that as they they try to navigate these waters as you know a team with a target on your back, unfamiliar territory for, for sure. I to think be that, there. I think that's a great point. It's a lot.
1: I don't know if I would say it's easier, but you do a lot. You have a lot easier of a path to the playoffs and 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 deep into the playoffs when you're not the biggest target, right? When you have the Kansas City Chiefs still in the, in the mix of things, when you have the Buffalo Bills still in the mix of things, and you have yet to accomplish what they have accomplished. Kansas City making it all the way to the uh, Super Bowl and winning it, Buffalo having Josh Allen as their quarterback, setting their sights on a Super Bowl almost every year now that he's established himself as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So... Cincinnati had the advantage of of kind of flying under the radar, comparing themselves to much bigger Goliaths in the in the conference. And I think too, Tom, let's not let's not forget that it was Kansas City, Buffalo in the semifinal in the conference semifinals, and it was Cincinnati, Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee was without uh without a fully healthy uh, Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill threw four interceptions in that game. So if if it's fair to say that if Tennessee or, or if Cincinnati had to go up against either Buffalo or Kansas City in that semifinal game where clearly those two teams played their best games despite only one winner we could have just seen Cincinnati win one game in the wild card round and that would be that.
3: Yeah, that's nice, but I mean Cincinnati did go to Kansas City and win. That's and the, well that's the thing game. is that is that you know Kansas City may
1: have left that Buffalo game a little hobbled saying we just played our asses off here. Play the best game of the year, played the best game in recent memory in football, whether regardless of Super Bowl playoffs or regular season. And since then I just said, "Hey, we're we're fresh." I mean, we're feeling really good. We just converted four turnovers against the number one overall seed in our conference. Let's go into let's go into Kansas City and do it again.
3: That, they did. That or let me offer this up for okay. you. Okay. Joe Burrow might be Patrick Mahomes' boogeyman. That's twice. That's his two puff- times in one year. And from Hind. He's done it from behind both times to the point where the Chiefs were like, oh, this is nice. Do you remember if the
1: regular season game was in Kansas City or not? I think it was in Cincinnati. It was, but they were down
3: by a couple touchdowns way early in that game. And then the Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow show broke out. Going along those lines of, you know, getting more respect, having that target on your back, uh, they're all over primetime TV this year. The Bengals are. Yes, as opposed to, you know, years in the past where they get that one Monday night game against the Steelers. That's about it. And they get the one Thursday night game against, like, the the Jags or the Browns. So they are on uh, Thursday Night Football once. They have a couple Sunday night dates with the Ravens and the Steelers. They have two Monday night football dates with the Browns and the Buffalo Bills. You never know what Week 18 is going to bring. They play the Ravens, so that could be a Sunday night game flex opportunity. Is that in Baltimore? It's at Cincinnati. In Cincinnati. But that could be for the AFC North, so you know they love to put – when divisions are on the line, that's the game that usually gets flexed to NBC in the Sunday night slot. But apart from just, you know, those five primetime matchups, you're – Look, 1 p.m. against the Steelers on September 11th. I have to imagine that's going to be Jim Nance and and, and Tony Romo. I can't see why it wouldn't be. Yeah. Then the next week, they're at Dallas at 425 p.m. That's absolutely going to be the number one slot with the national uh, audience. Later in the year, in week 13 against Kansas City, another 425 kick. That's going to be national audience. Two weeks later, Tampa Bay in week 15 at Tampa Bay, 425 kick on CBS. That's Nance and Romo, national audience. Like... There's almost eight or nine games where they're going to be on national television. That hasn't. That number can't be more than three or four in the past five years for the Bengals. Maybe in total, even when you <laughs> when you when you exclude the the prime, the, time, the prime games. time games that they're that they're mandated by the league to play. Yeah, in. because that's the true sign is when you're in that 4:25 window, when you're in that 1 p.m. window. That's the, the game where everyone's actually tuning in for during the day. Well, not just that. You have actual competent like right. There's other matchups that could get that slot, so when you're the team that's getting that that national slot that fills in, you know, in Boise, Idaho, where you don't have teams, like, you fill in the slots where there's not teams' local markets, that's really the sign that you've arrived as a prominent team and a team that you want to put in front of your national audience, and... It's not just the fact that they had success last year that helps. That Joe Burrow is one of the coolest dudes, one of the coolest For players sure. in the league. But you want to s- put that guy in the spotlight.
1: I will say though something that you just brought up and kind of offhanded it is they are last year. You know, the, as you mentioned, they they finished what ten and seven, but this year they are playing that first is pl- or excuse me first place schedule, so they're not getting the bottom feeders like the Jets or the Jaguars anymore. They're getting top. They're getting top of the division winners. They're, they're getting the Tennessee Titans. They're getting the Kansas City Chiefs. They're getting the Buffalo Bills this year. Three teams who had the schedule just been, you know, not normal because I know they had to play the AFC, um, the AFC, the AFC West last year, so they would have gotten the Chiefs anyway. But still, you're getting the Bills, and you're getting the Titans this year who are competing to win their divisions once again. And then you have the Patriots, a tough team. You have the Bills, like you mentioned I mean, they're looking at it now. It is a tough schedule, a lot harder than it was last year. Yeah, I
3: mean, it stinks that the North drew the East this year. You wanted to draw the South. That's the division you wanted to get matched up with. I think. The yeah, AFC's everyone wants to, draw wants to draw the for South for both the AFC side of things and, and the NFC. The Bengals and the AFC North got lucky on the right, NFC side right. and did of course get the NFC South so the only real juggernaut they have to face is Tampa Bay New Orleans is a tricky game but then you get two nice bottom feeder ones against the at least uh, you
1: should be able to take care of business but then you you incorporate the 18th game where it factors into yeah the, the team that they, they it's it's Cow- it's at Dallas, week two. Oh yeah, it's that's whatever a good one. team finished. It's tough. It's whatever team finishing your and in your similar placing in a division that you played like two years ago or something.
3: Yeah, so it's the AFC or the. It's the, the NFC, NFC East, East for the and S- it's the Steelers Cowboys who the they, uh, Eagles who came in second place with the Steelers, Cowboys and the Bengals won their divisions last year. So that's a tough draw as far as your your seventeenth team is concerned, for sure. or your fifth NFC team, I should say. Steelers got a pretty tough to draw, too. Yeah, they did. But that's just because they are are always competitive. And they're going to be better this year than they were last year. The Eagles are. That's no question. And the game's in Philadelphia.
2: (laughs) Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? You know, one
3: thing you were talking about the schedule, we were just saying that about how the Bengals drew a tougher schedule now finishing in first place. I know we're talking about Cincinnati, but that's one thing that really helps Baltimore out this year. They finished in the last place in the AFC North last year. That's incredible to think about considering they were in first with just a few weeks to go. And then they bottomed out. The tiebreakers worked out, they ended up finishing below the Cleveland Browns and will play that last place schedule, which... Last place schedule for
1: both the AFC side and that, and that 18th game team. schedule. So it's just
3: pfft. incredibly lucky. So
1: looking at it compared to the the Steelers and the, and the uh, Bengals schedules, they get the Jets, uh, they get the New York Giants, which is that NFC team that they draw this year. Uh, they get, obviously, the Panthers and the Falcons. But then on the AFC side of things, they get the Jaguars and uh, I believe, is
3: that it? They get the Broncos, too. And which... they get
1: the Broncos, who are going to be tricky. Well, but... that's the
3: team that just got way better. Right, So, so that
1: was an, but still, they get the Jets, the Giants, the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Jaguars. Yeah, that's five So that's five right really that's easy five... wins right there. I can
3: guarantee you that they're going to win those five games. So as yeah. long as
1: Lamar is healthy, yeah, they should. I, I, does
3: that even need to be the case for those five I games? I guess, I mean, my they're only concern is team. the fact that they... Wh- wh- what did they finish last year? They finished... True, but think about some of those matchups. Packers, Steelers is always tough. That right. Yeah, that they did the have a tough go. Jag so they, they
1: lost. They started 8-3 and three and finished 8-9, and nine. so they lost their last six. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Green Bay, Cincinnati, the Rams, and Pittsburgh again. So-
3: Every one of those teams is good, and yeah. I think everyone other than Cleveland made the playoffs, but... Cleveland's a rivalry. You may say
1: they shot themselves in the foot by going for two against Pittsburgh. They may have shot themselves in the foot by going for two against Green Bay rather than playing for overtime there. But, yeah, they're all very good teams. And, yeah, I mean, they were all, for the most part, competitive. They lost by one point to Pittsburgh, two points to Cleveland, one point to uh, Green Bay. They got blown out by Cincinnati. They lost by one point to the Rams, and they lost in overtime to the Steelers in Week 18.
3: Yeah, I mean, if they had Lamar, they would have won at least three of those games, I think. For they sure. Gone, they they could have, have swept the, the Steelers for that yeah, matter. For sure. So they they would have been fine. So real lucky for Ravens fans to drop down to that last place and play that last place schedule. But back to the Bengals, you know, as far as the season-long prognostication goes for them, I, I don't know. They're a tricky team for me to peg, honestly, yeah. because of that super Super Bowl hangover potential. But if you can take that out of the equation, and I get that that's kind of something wonky that you can't really account for. Who knows if a team's going to feel that or not. That's all pure speculation. No way you can really predict that. The team got better than it did la- than it was last year, and it sure. was a really good team last year. So everything on paper points to them having a lot of success in 2022, especially with that offensive line becoming much uh, improved, at least the money that they put into it would tell you it's going to become much improved if that line can give Burrow a lot more time, and Burrow loves to hold on to the football. So I'm not even saying most of those sacks. I'm not saying all those sacks were on the bad offensive line play last year. I think he had a lot to do with that too. But if you can give him that extra second, so he can really hold on and pat that football a couple times like he likes to do with that receiving core, man, it's going to open up a whole can of whoop ass for a lot of defenses across the NFL. So I think the biggest key that I'm watching for Cincinnati is how that new-look, expensive offensive line gels early. And if they're gelling, then I have no question that they'll get to 10 wins at least, 11 wins probably, and get into the playoffs and be a dangerous team. I think the big thing that could be their undoing, similarly to the Steelers, is that offensive line. Although I don't think it would be their undoing as badly as it could be for the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, both teams obviously struggled with it. Uh, the Bengals have more deodorant elsewhere to mask a bad offensive line. Let's just say that. Right. And the Burrow, main deodorant is number nine.
1: Right. Burrow was able to make that offensive line appear a lot better than it actually is in reality. I mean, he
3: got sacked nine times and against the Super Titans in right. one. Oh, right, right, right. And like, Against the Titans, yeah, but still got, got sacked. got in the Super Bowl. But nine times mm-hmm. in a game. I think it was the most of quarterbacks ever been sacked in a playoff game and came away victorious. Like, it's, it's insane. That doesn't happen. You don't... Don't get sacked And You don't, nine times and you a don't really
1: hear you, you kind of heard just wow, Joe Burrow led his team to victory. Not Joe Burrow inched and clawed his way to victory. It was Joe Burrow led that team to a win. And then Joe Burrow kept the Bengals in that game in the Super Bowl, not oh, both Aaron Donald and Von Miller had two sacks apiece in the Super Bowl.
3: Right. And he's just such a tough guy. Honestly, just you you try to find you know the one thing that these quarterbacks do well like Rogers' accuracy is is insanely good. Right. Um, Josh Allen's ability to move and run is unbelievable. Lamar is obviously a different breed when it comes to quarterbacks. Brady's just got that that it factor I, sure I, I see he's that, a winner see, he's the see, greatest you get winner to Brady and you don't know really where to put it because it's I just would, so like everything accumulates uh, like into victory there. right everything accumulates into victory but that's what I feel like for Joe Burrow too and I know it's super early to it do is that right. and he doesn't have the early success that Tom Brady has although he was damn close to winning a Super Bowl in just his second year kind of similar to Mister Thomas Brady, who came in off the bench, and what was it, his second, third year? I believe it was the first league. year he was starting games. That's what, like so, and I think it was the second year overall. And it's, yeah, right, right, right. So like, I, the mirroring was there. It was it was that close to actually happening. He just fell one game short. But I get to like Brady, and I'm like, eh, what do I do to describe it? And then I get to Burrow, and it's like, what is great about him? Everything is great about him, right? And, and it's just hard to really put. He your just has on it. that quarterback look. I don't you look at Joe Burry, you think so, that is an that we NFL sit here quarterback. And say that into microphones. People are tuning in to listen to us like explain to them what that is and and let it's them understand so they can go to the water cooler and say it to their friends.
1: But heard, I don't know what it it's, is. It's it's every intangible you could possibly
3: market for a guy. And of course he has a good arm and he's mobile and he's accurate. He has all the tools that a great quarterback needs, but there isn't that like Oh, yeah, he's great like Mahomes because he can move around in the pocket, improvise, and throw on the run like nobody's business. He has a bazooka for Like, there is none of that. It's just he's just Joe. He's just Burrow. There isn't an insider
1: perspective as to why he's so great. There isn't a a
3: key to unlock to understanding why Joe Burrow is so successful. Maybe the one thing that will start to avail itself as we watch his career blossom now, he will literally be the second coming of Joe Cool. I mean— Mm. sack 9 times and you're still cool enough to shake that off and win a football game. That's remarkable stuff and his just a the fact that he holds his biggest criticism right now is probably that he holds on to the football too long. That just shows you he is fearless. Like he doesn't right. give he, a bleep what happens to him in the pocket. With the offensive line he's playing with, he's that, still choosing yeah. he's still choosing to hold on to the ball for that long. That's an extra sign of how tough this dude is, especially when you think about the injury that he had his rookie year with that bad knee, NCL and ACL tear comes all the way back last year and and really didn't seem like it it hindered him much at all. Maybe a little bit early in the season. One thing that you got to look for from Joe that you saw a bit last year, too, though, but now that that knee is probably fully healthy he is a little bit more mobile than I think a lot of people give credit for. And he can take off and run for 15 yards like that. Uh big dude who has long strides, but is, is a pretty athletic guy. So I think there's a part of that to his game that you might see a little bit too. I, I there was what was the play against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game where he did escape like eight sacks right. in the backfield and then scampered up the sidelines for a quick first down. So he's got that in his bag as well. He's got like that's what we're saying. He's got almost a little bit of everything in his bag and he puts it all together in the perfect way. He knows. He's like Billy Joel on the piano, man. He knows exactly what note to play Every at exact note. time. Yep. It's it's a it's honestly. A, it stinks. He's in a Bengals uniform because I am such a quarterback nerd, and I love great quarterback play. And right now, he's like at the top of my list as guys I need to tune in just to watch conduct that symphony to be in the operating room and run an offense. But he's, he's unbelievable. In year two, do you think we'll learn more or less
1: about Joe Burrow? Or I'm sorry, in year, year three. three compared to year two?
3: Well, this is the year now where it's like okay, you're on the you map. Establish do yourself. you stay on the yeah. map now? I mean, and come on, dude, staying on the map—you like—he put himself over at LSU with that unbelievable right. senior season, won him the Heisman, won national championship, potentially the greatest college football team of all time. I mean, hell, if you put all those great college football teams into like a simulator and played against each other, that LSU offense would have do numbers against pretty much anybody out there. So. He put himself over there, and then you come to Cincinnati, you're the number one pick. You obviously don't have great success team-wise your rookie year, but everybody saw you play and was like, wow, this dude's got it. He looks the part, gets hurt. Everybody kind of forgets about him because no one's going to pay attention to anybody who's really hurt as the season marches on then he just blows everybody's doors off last year by kind of being like Joe Burrow, where it's not like, oh, look at all these 12 touchdown pass games uh-huh. and we're 12-0 and to start the season. It was just like, no, I'm just going to tread water here and be Joe Burrow, and then I'm going to strike at the end like a cobra and win like five straight games, including the playoffs. Here's a what if for you.
1: I know wide receivers aren't MVPs of this league. Say the Bengals did as instructed by basically everybody, saying you can either, either have Joe Burrow in a clean pocket, protected by Penny Sewell, throwing to anybody, or you're going to have Joe Burrow running for his life, trying to get the ball down the field to Jamar Chase. What if the Bengals had went for Penny Sewell instead of Jamar Chase?
3: How different are we talking about Joe Burrow, if at all? Uh, I don't know if we're really talking about Joe Burrow any differently. Uh, How about this? We'd still think he's great and has a lot of potential, but he might not be at the point where he is right now. Do you think they make it to the Super Bowl? No. Jamar Chase was such an X factor. Do you
1: think they win a playoff game?
3: No. They might not even win the division without Jamar Chase. They might have. Well, that's, given
1: last year, just the state of the AFC North, they may have come away with it. The Steelers might have won it without him. Maybe. You don't think so? It's, I mean, yeah, it's. But we're not sitting here talking about them as the defending AFC champions yeah. who were one drive away from winning that Super Bowl. But
3: Jamar, Bowl. I mean, from the jump when I think he caught a deep ball against Minnesota in the first game of the season, like he just put himself on everybody's radar right away and just established that connection as being probably the next great connection quarterback wide receiver we've seen in the league. Uh, now that Rodgers and Adams has broken up, I think Chase and Burrow is going to be that, next. that Ben Brown, Brady, Gronk, uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, you know what I mean? It's going to be that yeah, next there. marriage. I think it's going to be those two. So uh, um, overall thoughts on Cincinnati as we wrap this up here. And again, we'll, we'll get way more into the weeds on this matchup and, and get more matchup specific next week. But yeah, they're going to be a good team. Grateful to get them early on the schedule because they might be dealing with a little bit of turbulence as they get the plane off the ground this year. Then again, they could be the complete opposite, and they could just enter the stratosphere like their Star-Lord and the Guardians of the Galaxy and hit hyperspeed and take off and start, like, 8-0 this year. They're that good, but I don't know. That's That usually doesn't happen with teams that lose the Super Bowl. It's usually the uh, the rougher, choppier start to a season that you have to try to get your wheels under you, get your legs under you, and, and get back to that form that you had earlier. Uh, at the end of last year when you made your run and got to the Super Bowl, but hopefully the Steelers can catch them a little bit by surprise early. See, the problem is here, though, as I keep talking myself into this, it's great to get them early. Last year, Buffalo, you're so right that you always keep bringing that up, Jacob, yep. because it's true. You know, Buffalo was a little bit, uh, you know, not up to full speed. They were still trying to get the offense you know, uh, sh- shake off the cobwebs there, and the Steelers took a huge advantage of that by having a really good defense. Well, Maybe if Cincinnati was playing, say, like, Green Bay this first week or somebody like that, maybe there would be a tendency to be like, or Green Bay's a bad example. Let's look at, like, the Saints. Say they were playing the Saints, you know, a team that could contend for a wild card, but there's a lot of question marks for it. Maybe they do sleepwalk through it a little bit and the Saints catch them by surprise. But when the old big bad wolf is rolling through your stadium, the team that you've started to kind of get some momentum against, the team that's been your daddy for a long time, Maybe that just wakes you up a little extra on Maybe. that week <clears> one. <throat> because, seeing that Steelers uniform.
1: Excuse me. Buffalo, Pittsburgh. They've both been That's AFC, but it's like eh. in Buffalo, I guess kind of just in, it's the, not in like the, the, the way Patriots that the Patriots were coming in. Hey, to we want yeah, right. We, hey, we want to be the the Steelers of the future, right? We want to be that team where everybody respects on on all fronts, whether it's the front office, the coaching staff, or the players, everyone respects us and, and fears us because we're that well run of an organization. we had that good of a team, but I get it. it's a lot it's a lot more uh, of a heavy heavy hardened matchup when it's a division rival,
3: yeah, absolutely. So maybe that's something that works uh, against the Steelers uh, in this occasion because it's gonna be hard for the Bengals to not get up for a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, that's going to do it for us here at the Steelers Standard. But before we go, I want you to tell you guys to subscribe now to our show, the Steelers Standard. Every episode we do is available for you to download. So subscribe today through the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you find your podcasts. In fact, actually go and subscribe on all of those avenues. Go on the Steelers mobile app, go on oh. iHeartRadio, go to Apple, go to Spotify, get accounts on all of them, and subscribe to the Steelers Standard on all of them. Hit a five-star review on the Steelers Standard as well. We greatly appreciate that. We're lighting the fire in the next couple episodes. We're doing our full-on official previews of the AFC, the NFC, the playoff picture, and the Super Bowl. We're here. It's going to be a lot of fun over the uh, next couple episodes here on The Standard doing that, so make sure you give those a listen. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opperman, and this has been The Steeler Standard. Getting ready to take on spring?
1: Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools